Well, hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Brand Builder Show. Today's episode is going to be another high-quality episode bringing you loads of actionable information, and the topic today is A-plus content and generally conversion and bringing people to your listing and getting them to buy when they're on there when you're selling on Amazon. And to help us cover this topic, we've got Daniel on the show today. Daniel, thanks for coming on. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me here today. Super excited to to chat through uh, how we can win on Amazon. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. It's uh, obviously a big topic, a crucial topic, which I'm excited to dive into and hear your thoughts on. Uh, before we do that, let us know a bit about your background, what you've been up to over recent times, and um, you know how you got on to get this knowledge and experience in this industry that you have. Yeah, so I uh, actually started in 2016, uh, specifically working in a company called Quiver, uh, where I managed the advertising. Well, I was the advertising program when we started. Uh, uh, then we very quickly, you know, I had spent, what was it, $7 million my first two years of PPC at five cent CPC. So it was a lot wow. of ad spend back then. Mm. Uh, yeah, since then, I've sold over $2 billion worth of product on Amazon. I now run an agency called Straight Up Growth, where we manage about $50 million a year in spend, about half a billion a year in sales on the platform. Nice. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's uh, a lot, a wealth of experience there. And uh, as we said, you know, lots of lots of traffic that you're driving, but there are some key things that need to be in place when you're going to drive that amount of traffic. So looking forward oh, yeah. to diving into those things and, and pulling, pulling out some, some gold in there. Uh, before we do dive into it, our uh, lightning round of uh, questions, favorite five, we call it. So your favorite uh, of each of these sort of uh, business topics. So don't need to like give us loads of context, but just give us a little bit that we can go away and research and it can inspire some some brand yeah. owners so um firstly do you have a favorite e-commerce brand um i really like goalie they do so i'm an amazon nerd and i really love how they launch products on amazon uh there yes. they use some traditional media like tv radio uh really blow up branded volume and then they hit the traditional like amazon levers as well and they launch items faster than anybody i know so it's always fun okay do you say goalie Goalie. Yep. How do you uh, spell they it? make vitamins. Like if you look up like apple cider vinegar on Amazon, you'll see hundreds of thousands of reviews on their apple oh, cider yeah, vinegar. Yeah. Uh, is it G G O L I E? Is it? Or? Uh, I think it's G O L I. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. I like it. Um, it's like one clever way to get a trademarkable name is like just make up a random name. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Maybe it means <laughs> something. Works. I don't know, but. I'm sure it means yeah. something, but really yeah. it's a very expensive brand person who figured it out. So Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. What about a favorite software or tool that helps you run your business? Um, man, I love Google Calendar so much mm -hmm. um, there. It's, it's like my lifeblood. I keep it public for, you know, I've got 30, 30 folks on my team. And so it's, it's helpful to schedule things and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. We still use Calendly and other things, but Google Calendar is like my, uh, my Bible. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, have you checked out the uh, off topic? But have you checked out the Google Calendar Calendly Killer? They're calling it. You know that you can schedule with. Uh, so we actually before this phone call, I was working on the combination uh, itself as well. Uh, so yeah, nice. I'm about to start the integration. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, cool, good stuff, cool. All right, and um, what about your favorite organic marketing channel? Uh, Probably tied between TikTok and Amazon. I'd say probably TikTok right now, just because the organic reach is crazy. Um, mm -hmm. Also, LinkedIn. I love. I mean, for my business specifically, it's mm -hmm. an amazing channel as well. The organic reach is 
really, really massive. Uh, they're not really yeah. super paid channels right now. Yeah. If you could predict TikTok's organic reach staying uh, as it is, how long do you think that'll be for? So the organic reach is why they have such strong engagement um, mm. right now. Um, there's plenty of ad dollars going in. The I think really the only risk on when it becomes more of like meta where it's filled you know stuffed with ads is mm. when they get acquired uh which is mm. going to happen i'm sure within five yeah. years or so like one of the social companies is going to have to buy them or mm. they're going to start losing market share which is already actually starting to happen um yeah. in, in terms of search yeah okay so many questions i want to ask on that but we'll try and stay focused <laughs> <laughs> what about a, uh, a paid marketing channel Amazon. Amazon is my favorite channel in the whole world. It's the only channel that your paid advertisement can directly impact your organic sales mm. as well. Yeah, so absolutely. It's pretty yeah. good. And what about a favorite business book if you have one? Um, I like the Lean Startup. That was mm. super helpful. Um, you know, I like doing and not just prepping. I think some people, it's like paralysis through over-analysis mm. um, versus just actually getting shit done. Yeah. Day. Absolutely, absolutely. That's been my one of my biggest frustrations is trying to wait till everything's perfect before you get moving forward. But yeah, you got to get moving, hey. You got to get moving while things are on fire. Sometimes. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Good stuff. I well, thank you for that. It's good to, uh, for our audience just to get to know you a bit more and be inspired to go away and research a few things. So they will definitely be doing that. I am sure. Um, we talked obviously about how you have driven a lot of traffic. You know, insane amounts of traffic, really. Um, and so it would be tempting then to talk about how you've done that and, and PPC, which we can get onto a little bit later. But one of your other areas of expertise is the Amazon listing itself, and I would imagine without wanting to put words in your mouth it's kind of had to become that because uh you know when you drive traffic to a listing um it's not a, a silver bullet that's going to make you loads of money automatically maybe five six years ago when you could you know yeah uh, run 10 percent acos on an automatic campaign crazy kind of numbers but now you you have to have an optimized listing um and so firstly you, you know speak to that topic a little bit and then we're going to really talk about uh, a plus content and how that can really drive more conversions for you um, yeah, yeah. how has ppc changed over the years yeah great question so you know one of the simplest things right measurements that i, I like to use when i first started doing amazon ads in 2016 amazon did 550 million in ad revenue right so cpcs were five cents a click you know there wasn't really much competition uh driving you know efficiency didn't really matter that much because it was so cheap just to get clicks in general last year amazon did 37 billion dollars in ad revenue wow. right and so the competitiveness of the ca of of advertising has increased spectacularly right and that's where why advertising efficiency becomes so important um you know if, if you're launching a supplement and you're net new your starting cpc is 10 to 15 dollars a click and your average order value is probably less than 1999 right <laughs> so just mathematically like getting a 10% a cost is, isn't even possible with a 50% ad conversion rate you know in that um, in that methodology so you yeah. have to have more strategy behind it um, for sure just because of the cost alone um, of, of PPC uh, but the secondary piece is and why this listing component becomes so important is if it's expensive to acquire those customers especially if you're net new why not give yourself the highest chance of those dollars actually converting right if you're yeah, driving traffic to a non-optimized listing you have a you know typically one to four percent lower conversion rate than you would if you're just running basic optimizations on your listing itself yeah. um, and that adds up right the more dollars you spend the bigger the impact of actually doing um uh like some some conversion optimization to your listing becomes you know. 
Yeah, definitely. As a rule, are you with new clients or existing clients that you take on your overall PPC strategy? Is it trying to turn a profit on the first sale still? Or have you completely moved to driving organic rank? Um, so it's usually a combination, right? And really it comes down to the brand goals. You know, I've got brands that have huge dollars, right? I've got a brand that wanted to be the number one item on, in the keto category. That's one where we really did focus on one, it's a replenishable item. So we know that new customer acquisition is key because they're going to come back through the LTV. The secondary goal was the organic search volume on non-braided terms is massive in that category. You know, keto is a sub 1000th most search term on Amazon every single month. Uh, during January, it's a sub 400. Uh, we made it the first organic listing. We took the number one market share against that item, but that was, you know, from a predictability like uh, standpoint with the client, we built out a forecast where we don't break even till month nine, right? Um, in wow. that model, right? Because of how fast they wanted to go. Mm. And at month nine was the first month we turned a profit, right? Now we're in year two, you know, we're doing 90% of our revenue is organic sales, right? Like last month I did $900,000 organically, you know, for that item. Um, but it was predictable growth, right? Now, not everyone has that luxury, right? There's brands mm. that we work with that, you know, need to stay somewhat profitable as they're kind of building it out. And so mm. that's kind of where I go into a strategy of like, identify the terms that you can advertise on, right? Now you do any item that's net new is going to have some ugly months when they first start, just mm. given the fact that ranking doesn't happen unless you are getting clicks and orders on your search term. But when you build out your listing, you don't start off on page one for the majority of search terms itself. 81% uh, of clicks happen on page one of any search term on Amazon. So the, I, the, the tricky part here is that you're starting on page three, you're not getting the visibility to get orders to rank. And so you need to have PPC running in order to start ranking in the first place. Yeah. Um, right. But that's where having a super optimized listing becomes really important, especially if you're net new, you don't have reviews, uh, you know, there's not that trust that's already built. And so your mm -hmm. listing optimization becomes way more important when you are net new, um, you know, compared to an item that already exists and already has reviews and is getting sales and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And A plus content specifically, obviously, is a, uh, a tool in the the armory of brand owners. Um, what is it about A plus content that's so important for brands on Amazon? Great today? question. So the simplest answer is uh, the number of users that shop on Amazon on desktop versus mobile, right? Most of us, we're optimizing on our computers when we're building out our, our Amazon listings. You see your title, your bullet points, your product images are on the side, A plus content, you have to scroll below the fold to, to really get to. On mobile, which is where 80% of all clicks happen on Amazon, A plus content is super prominent, right? What you're going to see is title, you're going to see product images up right above the fold. As soon as you scroll down, then you're going to actually run into A plus content and then you hit bullet points last, right? So A plus content actually becomes way more valuable just in the sense of um, how a user's eye is, is looking while they're actually shopping through Amazon. Mm. Um, so that alone is massive. The other big piece is the flexibility it provides um, there. Not only can you you know, get images, but you can also change the format of how the listing looks, right? You can call out your USPs or unique selling points in a very interesting kind of pleasing way. Um, and on top of that, you've got a plus premium that Amazon just opened up, which opens up even more options, you know, to really uh, give that reason that customer a reason to purchase your, your item there. Yeah. Uh, obviously, mobile optimization is massive. 
for e-commerce in general, because of that reason, A-plus content appearing higher is even more important, potentially on Amazon. So when you start working with a client and you build out A-plus content modules, are you building them just entirely with, with mobile in mind? Is desktop even a, a consideration? I mean, we're mobile first, right? So mm. now the way we build our wireframes, the optimization looks great on both fronts, right? Um, okay. There And there's ways you can like, just general pro tip, right? Amazon gives you these widgets, but you can also add text directly like in your image itself, mm. right? And you can also start to build how you want your A plus content to look outside of Amazon's traditional means uh, if you're clever on the design front as well. So not only is it, uh, you know, you should keep mobile first, but there's a way to do it where it looks good on both mobile and desktop, right? It's fully optimized yeah. there. Uh, but mobile so first is definitely the idea. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, so what does the perfect piece of A plus content look like? Because I've seen brands, and we've sort of tried to replicate it a bit in terms of a. It's almost like a continuous image, you know. Yep. Uh, and what, like what you said, that some of the text is baked into the image, and on desktop it looks amazing. But then you look on mobile, and it's so much smaller. What does the what what is an optimized piece of content look like are you using you know rows of images with text or is it product by product basis or do you have like a set format that you go so with? We, we've got a couple wireframes that like seem to work really well for us um in mm. general but a lot of the time it's it's just stacking images is like one of our favorite things to do so mm. the reason it looks so seamless is it's not one giant image it'll be like mm. five images yeah. but they're all sized exactly the same um and we can we can do a couple things. One thing that we like to do is change it up with like, let's say it'll be blue here for the color block, then it's white for color block, then it's like yellow mm. there. So now each widget stands out, but it looks very cohesive, right? It looks mm. like almost like an endless scroll page, right? And that's yeah. kind of very similar to what a lot of, I mean, people do in general, right? If you look at Instagram or Meta, if you look at TikTok, it's literally like swipe. How mm. do I keep the same format going? It'll be different content, but the format never changes, right? Usually mm. between uh between swipe or whatever and that's kind of the same logic with a plus yeah good um in terms of research going into a plus content do you have a particular research process you know what needs to go into oh, a plus yeah. content versus what needs to go into bullet points and main product images yeah so we run actually a pretty robust analysis when we do content optimization um redo things like scrape your product reviews uh, first, right? And we'll pull out the good and the bad. Um, if there's any sort of consistencies, that might be something we want to address. So if there's something good, like we'll start to call out those features people really like. So if it's food, it might be like, oh, it's vegan, it's cruelty-free, it's, you know, uh, the packaging is sustainable, right? Whatever some of those USPs are. But we'll also pull out some of the bad sometimes as well, because sometimes that could be something as simple as they're using it incorrectly and you're getting negative feedback for that. So a way to ensure that not ensure, but reduce that negative feedback, put instructions on how to use directly in your A plus content. I've seen that be, uh, be fruitful. We also like to look at brand analytics. Um, brand analytics mm -hmm. gives you customer profile information. So you can see like demographic information um, in terms of like ages of your typical customers. Uh, and you can do this at an item level or as a brand level. Uh, you could look at gender, you could look at college education, and so sometimes we factor that into some of the imagery as well. You know, if we might find out it's mainly older women that are purchasing our items, let's use older women in our product imagery, right? If it's mm. 
Uh, if it's men, you know, a lot of men buying it, let's use men in our, our images for that. Um, so there's definitely some of that that we're looking into. Uh, we typically also want to keep it on brand, right? Like brand is really important at the end of the day. We, we don't really sell commodities. We're selling a brand at the end of the day um, there. And so we like to keep that consistent with your .com, with what you're doing you know, across the board. So usually working directly with a, a brand manager is key to get that going. Um, and then the usually two last steps would be keyword research. So we actually will look at the market and identify what are the search terms people are looking at and including those terms in your content is great, right? Like if you are selling a protein bar and you're keto friendly, get keto friendly in your text, right? You can mm -hmm. get it in your images, you can get it in your A plus, right? It doesn't just have to be in your bullet points. Uh, I find it actually is more fruitful being in your A plus and product images. Um, and then competitor analysis. So usually what we'll do is we'll find where your competitors rank and where they have traffic and then try to go after some of those same search terms. Um, so it's definitely a methodical approach. Um, yeah. where it's not just like, this looks good. It's, mm. this looks good. And we're hitting A, B, C, you know, on our, our yeah, points there. Definitely. Yeah. Some great tips in there specifically, uh, or especially the, the data driven approach, you know, seeing what the data tells you and then, um, shaping the content around that to really maximize that is, uh, you know, I'm sure a tip that a lot of our listeners will take away and, and work on now, given the amount of data that Amazon is starting to give us, which is really helpful. Um, you mentioned there about competitors, competitor analysis, uh, is competitor comparisons something that you'll do a lot of the time? Sometimes we'll do a comparison, a competitor comparison, like widget. Um, other times we'll do like a cross promotion widget instead. So that's, <laughs> usually one of one of the wireframes or or two of the options we do like the cross promo especially if we have a catalog with um with decent like associated products or things like mm -hmm. that that can be really fruitful if you're in a really competitive market for let's say the the item you're really pushing from an ads perspective we cannot push some of the other items but because we have a comparison module they will grow as our what I call our new customer acquisition product grows, the associated products grow too. So yeah. don't definitely don't sleep on the cross promotion. Um, the comparison though can, can definitely be fruitful. Uh, we usually will also hit comparison with like an actual product image. Sometimes we'll mm -hmm. create like our own, you know, us versus them type of yeah, yeah. Um, comparison. And so if I do that, I don't need to repeat it again, typically in the A plus, um, typically yeah. I'll use the comparison module instead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one thing we started doing with those recently, which found has worked well, is um, with the comparisons is saying, um, you know, like our product and then calling out the negative sort of maybe connotation. So like cheap this or like yep. our yoga yep. mat and then cheap yoga mats yep. to almost sort of justify that higher price. And it seems yep. to be working quite well. It does. No, it definitely does. And that's another thing. I, I know we're not talking about price, but Amazon doesn't have to be a race to the bottom from a pricing yeah. perspective too, right? If you do the types of things you mentioned, you're putting that high quality in. Uh, you can you can get people to buy more expensive items uh, if you can justify it. Definitely. In terms of just cold impact on conversion rate, uh, I don't know if it's data you track in terms of a, a listing without any A plus, and then you put A plus on it. It's obviously hard to completely sort of test that. But what kind of conversion rate jump can I mean, someone expect? Yeah, to see? generally I've seen anywhere from one to four percent improvement in conversion rate uh, yep. there. That depends on the category, price point, things like that, and how good the job is. But uh, almost always you'll see a, a big bump in your conversion rate for sure. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah. 
And just finishing up on, um, just coming back to, sorry, the, the listing images and A+, do you try and completely avoid any double up or will you double up? Because Sometimes we'll double up on, on really key points, right? Like stuff we want to push across, we'll definitely double up um, there. We may try to present it in a slightly different format. So it's not, you know, like I, I don't want to use the exact same image in my mm. uh in my product photos that I'm then going to put in my A plus content if, if, if I can, right. Um, yeah. usually there's like a brand focused one. Sometimes we'll reuse those. Uh, but they're also not sized the same in the way that we typically size our images too. like the, the product, the, the images for the product detail page will be different than the images we're going to use size format wise in the A plus, cause we use those banner, um, mm -hmm. ones across the board in A plus. Um, so because of that, they don't usually look the same, but we may definitely, stress the same points for sure you know, yeah. especially if there's things people love yeah and, and key usbs eh? um if, if there are those banner type ones are there any tips you can give people for uh, mobile friendliness big text so, obviously yeah like i'd say like from a mobile friendliness perspective they resize really well um once you have the sizing like as long as your images are done are, are being uploaded correctly and you're not yeah. having amazon resize an improperly sized image um, they're going to show up great on A plus as well as I'm sorry. They're going to show up great on desktop as well as mobile. Mm. Um, I definitely recommend do your own text in your images versus using all of Amazon's blockiness because that definitely can impact the look and feel of it. Yeah. Um, and you can keep your own fonts. You can have a lot more flexibility, uh, yeah. and it, it just looks a lot more seamless for sure. Yeah. Have you got any uh, brands that people can go and look at that are particular inspiration to you? You think are doing a really good job of this? Yeah, a couple brands. So uh, on the sports supplement side of things, we have a brand called Performex. Uh, there, they they do like fat burning uh, supplements. They've got some really good listings. Uh, we have a brand in the energy space uh, called Pure Boost uh, that has some really great listings. Um, I also like this brand, Active Anchor. Uh, they do like hair care, uh, natural hair care products. They've got some really beautiful listings as well. Um, and then we've got a whole bunch more. Feel free to like reach out to me on LinkedIn. If you've got questions, I've got like a list of like proper listings and, uh, yeah, nice, that man. I like to send to people. Yeah. Good. Good. And then obviously, uh, these highly optimized a plus content blocks will help uh, conversion rate on the listing. Are there any other benefits to specifically PPC, you know, you're driving a lot of traffic. Um, is there anything else that's going to really benefit other than just conversion rate? Yeah, well, so if your ad conversion rate goes up, right, that typically is going to lead to your A cost going down. Uh, the reason your A cost goes down is because your wasted or non converting ad spend decreases, right? So ad efficiency essentially goes up. So conversion rate's always king. Um, it's going to make obviously direct impact on that A cost. Uh, the other thing that it can impact is like from an organic ranking strategy, as your conversion rates get better, now you're driving more orders on those key search terms that you're trying to rank on, and that means you can rank organically faster. So really, yeah. all of what we do is really centered around growing brands organically, and this is one of the most important steps to doing so, right? You need to yeah. have tra enough traffic, but you need to have a high enough conversion rate to rank on these terms as yeah. well, right? I, I could spend... Yeah you know, 20,000, 30,000 a month on a term, if my conversion rate's too low, I'm never going to rank against it, right? Um, yep. So this is key. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and then coming around to PPC, the uh, obviously strategy, the landscape is changing so much as we've talked about versus a few years ago. What does a successful um, Amazon advertising strategy look like in 2023? Great question. So 
The first step, and I think a lot of people miss this, is having a product level ad strategy versus a account level ad strategy, right? Okay. In the past, like you could get away with, okay, I'm going to go for like a blended 10% ACoS, but that doesn't really mean much uh, because your products are always in different stages of their you know, Amazon journey as well, right? A, a well-established item is going to have a low ACoS because it already has organic visibility um, there. And so your goals are going to be probably a little bit more ROAS focused. The problem is when you apply that strategy to a new item that you just launched, right? And you're like, well, I have a 10% ACoS on item A, item B should have a 10% ACoS too, right? Because why not? Uh, there. The gap is you don't have any organic visibility, right? If you look at your sessions, they're going to be super low compared to the item that already has organic visibility. And because you're trying to put the same strategy on, you know, on two different completely different items, right? The second item will never be a success right there because you don't have the right goals in mind. So one, start with a product by product level strategy. It's going to allow you to be really granular and it's going to allow you to grow everything to the, the needs that you have, right? Uh, second kind of thing I've been telling brands is less is more. Uh, you know, Because Amazon PPC has gotten more expensive, that means every item that you launch or every parent listing, you have to have an ad budget you know, for that, right? And so if you've got let's say a $10,000 a month ad budget and you're launching more and more items, you can't keep diluting that spend by moving it to the other items, right? Because what's going to happen is your sales on your top seller are going to start to slow down because it doesn't have the same number of orders it needs every single mm -hmm. month. So it's okay to not advertise every item in your catalog, right? As long as you're giving the items that you are advertising enough spend to make a difference, right? Nothing is worse than spending two, $300 a month on a, on a product that that's not enough to move the needle on, right? Um, yeah. So you're just going to really be kind of wasting the dollars at that point. Uh, yeah, and then third, I'd say like ad efficiency, right? A lot of, you know, I'll probably do, probably did like 200 ad audits last year. Um, one of the biggest themes I saw in probably 85, 90% of the accounts is a high degree of wasted spend. And typically what that means is you're not harvesting keywords out of research match types, your auto, your broad, your phrase, you're leaving them in there and you're becoming dependent on those match types that historically don't convert on 30 to 60% of the spend um, there. You're looking at it at a high level. The way you drive down or drive up the ad efficiency is by moving those terms from research into exact match types. So now more of your spend, you are directly controlling versus controlling buckets of keywords or an auto yeah. campaign in which you're really not controlling very much at all um, there. Yeah. And that, that'll help a lot. Yeah. Uh, from a... Um sort of top level view i know it would take ages to go into a, a granular level but campaign structure um is it a traditional model of lots of keywords in a research campaign and then uh, exact match in another campaign or are you getting very you know single a keyword bit campaigns more really? than that um i i'd say like so we're going to segment segment your branded versus non-branded should always be segmented i'd say um there that way you can control the levers like we focus Typically, 90% of our spend on non-branded, but mm -hmm. there are times when you want to like spike it up or, or drive it down, right? So that segmentation is important. Um, we're typically going to have like, you know, your basic research campaign. We're going to have what we call like a performance campaign or exact match campaign. Mm -hmm. on, on this, this is all for non-branded. Uh, we're going to have sort of an auto, and then really as those search terms are coming in in real time, we're harvesting. Now we may start to create additional groupings like it's good to have a competitor segment could be fruitful so you could drive that down we do break out individual search terms not for every term but specific ones that we're either trying to rank on or we have 
some specific reason why we don't want those in our our main campaigns and really like the more organized you are the easier it is to make adjustments right like i don't think there's a golden campaign structure but it's a golden campaign structure as long as you're able to optimize properly right and really move the terms really the the downside of like having too many terms in in one campaign is let's say 90 percent of your spend goes against 10 percent of the keywords in that campaign right and so now you're missing out on all these other terms that could be good they could not be good uh but because the campaign structure isn't there or you're not diligent enough about making those optimizations now you can end up sleeping on potential winners you know yeah yeah, definitely. Um, and then just rounding up and finishing off, in terms of the future of PPC, where do you uh, where do you see the th- things going in the next year or two? Is it going to keep getting more expensive? How do you how do you see the landscape? Yeah, so I mean, look, Amazon's ad business grew what thirty seven percent, like quarter over quarter last year for for December, like from a year over year basis. So, and that's a slowdown from fifty percent is where it had been, mm. you know, at prior to that. So. The inflation is slowing down, but we still haven't plateaued, right? Amazon still has way cheaper acquisition costs than any other platform, you know, that exists, right? If you're running mm-hmm. Google AdWords, like you can't get these type of conversion rates on non-branded traffic. Um, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's expensive from a CPC perspective, but it, Amazon has the highest conversion rates that exist. So there's still going to be more dollars coming in. Um, I'm starting to work more with like some enterprise level brands and you know, they haven't even dipped their toes into Amazon really yet, but they are, you know, coming in and I know the types of budgets that they'll bring to the table. Mm. So there will be more ad inflation and that's why it's important just to really strengthen your yourself and give yourself the highest chance of success, right? Um, you know, we launch against bigger brands all the time and we win against bigger brands all the time, but it's because we're a lot smarter with the dollars, right? Like, mm. uh, you know, I'm, I'm like Amazon's choice on and off for the term pre-workout against a brand that has, because I know the CMO there, 10 to 15 times the ad budget on a monthly basis that I have, mm. right? But I've still been able to sneak in and take market share because of things like optimizing our listings in a certain way, right? Because we're so efficient with the ad spend, our ad spend can go a little bit further than someone who has bigger dollars sometimes. Yeah, definitely. It's crazy how many um, big brands still have the simplest of listings with- Oh, it's crazy. You know, Some of those audits I go into and I'm like, wow, this is this is what you're doing? <laughs> This is how you get a couple million a month on Amazon. Yeah. That's that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Awesome, man. I feel like this has been just like an absolute uh, just train load of uh, good information for people to go away with. Have you got sort of like one final last action, like top tip for Amazon sellers going into you know the, the new world of selling on Amazon? Yeah, I'd say know your market, right? Um, there, like there's plenty of tools out there, tools like Helium 10, there's Jungle Scout, uh, you know, if you're looking to launch or you're already a seller, um, with those tools, you can kind of get a sense of like, what's the size of the prize? Am I really where I need to be? Uh, but you can also know how competitive something is before you get into it, right? I know plenty of sellers that uh, they've got a great product, but at the end of the day, they just don't know what they're getting into. And that's why they don't succeed, right? Uh, yeah. Amazon at the end of the day is just a visibility channel. So yeah. check your sessions, check your conversion rate. Those two KPIs will give you so much information uh just off those two things alone amazon has a lot of noise but those are really the only two things that matter at the end of the day absolutely absolutely um final one speaking of tools do you guys lean on ppc tools or you do a lot manual uh so we use a combination um we've got api access with amazon directly so we have some tools we build out for reporting and market share tracking uh we do use a technology partner Uh, there's quite a few out there i recommend like 
a tool that is rule-based ideally. So like we leverage, IntentWise has a fully automated version. I use them in a rule-based model where we kind of create our own rules there, but it allows me to do automations and be extremely efficient with my ad dollars, but also have the flexibility to, you know, advertise in the way that I like to advertise. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Good stuff, man. This has been super valuable and I really appreciate you taking time out. Um, if people do want to find out more about the agency and what you're up to, where's the best place to find you? Yeah, they can uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm just Daniel Tahad on LinkedIn or our website, straightupgrowth.com. Nice. We'll leave the links for those in the description and show notes, obviously, as well. Uh, thanks again. Really appreciate you coming on. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Appreciate the time. No worries. No worries. Well, thanks, guys, for listening as well. Make sure to check out those resources in the show notes in the description below. And, and we'll see you in the next episode, same time next week. Take care.